From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Ipswich Election Watch 2020 with Alan Roebuck. This podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. So it's hello and welcome to episode one. Why a podcast for specifically Ipswich? Well, why not? My interest stems from just over 16 years working at council in a senior communications role, most of that time working directly with mayors, councillors, executives and the CEO of the day. What is forgotten by some is I started at council in 2003 when former Mayor John Nugent was in the chair and Jamie Quinn was the CEO. So it is with this insight I wish to share, along with hearing from local community leaders, business owners and residents, to canvas a range of views, to seek out what is likely to influence their vote and to try and get a feel for what the real issues are. The podcast will offer a mix of opinions and straight-back questions to guests. Deliberately, I won't be talking to candidates for this series, because from where I sit, the local media, print, radio and TV, will do a fine job, probably the best coverage in a couple of decades. I also plan to take a closer look at the Bundamba by-election, which will also be held on March 28. In choosing the first guest, I went straight to Dave Cullen, who is no longer a candidate. He had declared his intention to run for Division 4. Then last week, in spectacular style, he withdrew from the race just before the official start to campaigning. It had many scratching their heads because he was shaping up to be a worthy contender. When I caught up with Dave Cullen this week, I started by asking why the sudden turnaround and how he came to that decision. Um, Look, it's it's one of those things where there's a few people in the candidates, other candidates and public, um, throwing barbs, personal attacks, all of those sorts of things. And I I just, I didn't feel that I had to put up with any of that. And uh, you, can, you can only do so much as a candidate. Um, personal attacks are not going to help anyone get to where they need to go. And uh, I just sort of sit back and think, you know, you want to be a good leader, you need to be able to uh, cope with some of those personal attacks. Um, but I didn't feel comfortable where I was going with myself. So, it, you know, it was a bit of a personal thing for me as well. Um, I didn't feel that I had to fight for a job. And I didn't feel I had to defend a job. Now, I think at this point we should say you, you already run a very successful business, so it's not like you you wanted to run because you needed a, needed a paid job. You're mm. already quite okay in that regard. Talk us through some of your motivations of why you wanted to run. Yeah, as a business, I think it, businesses in Ipswich have copped a bit of a hard a hard deal. We've got very low employment in Ipswich. Um, we've got a lot of possibility to make Ipswich a fantastic place and bring uh, jobs here. Um, I I always thought the direction of the Ipswich City Council was wrong in regards to building all the houses with no infrastructure up here. I think they're doing it the wrong way. Um, And I felt that I needed to have input. I think, you know, we've got to find jobs for our guys and we've got to have uh, the infrastructure in place before we build the houses. I think they're doing everything around the wrong way. Like, anyone in business doesn't promote a program without having the back end all done first. Now that you have withdrawn from the race, you can sit back and watch the other candidates in the, in the campaign because things are ramping up from this week. What do you think are the elements missing so far from the campaign overall? Um, anyone having any inclusion with business, I think that's a big thing. 
um, direction. I think everyone's, everyone's constantly focusing, focusing on community, which is an important part of it, but that doesn't drive the city. Business and infrastructure, um, pro, um, planning ahead, like future planning, that's what drives the city. What makes the city is the community. So I think they've kind of got, I think a lot of the candidates have kind of got it in the wrong, wrong light. And that's my opinion, I might be wrong. My observation so far is that you've got a handful of candidates that have got some very positive uh, uh, statements both on websites and social media about what they would plan to do and what, what they think should happen. And then you've got another group of candidates uh, living in the past, yeah. wanting to regurge a negative, negative, negative. Yeah. How do you see that? Yeah, I agree totally, mate. You know, look, what's happened's happened. You, the city is actually still learning from it, but you don't need to rehash it. While you're rehashing it, all you're doing is bringing up, bringing up bad feelings, bad vibes and bad thoughts. We need to move forward. You have to move forward from that. Looking in the rear vision mirror doesn't get you going forward. Dave, uh, you deal a lot with young people uh, in your business. Yep. Are they interested in politics? Are they interested in local government at all? Not at all. There is no engagement with the youth here for future planning of the city. Um, and that seems to be a big problem. And, and, and because of my business, I had a, a bit of a connection with what they were doing and what they were, what they were needing to do. Um, that also could create me a conflict of interest in a lot of what I do in the council. Mm. So, you know, um, but they're not engaging with the, young, the younger generation. And I think we need to engage seriously with the younger generation because that's what we're going to leave. Well, it's certainly an issue when you see public meetings to do with councillors or, or elections. There's not too many people under 50 in the room. So how do you think we can engage the younger generation in what is a very important level of government? Well, first thing we need to do is have the leaders treat them with respect and not talk down to them and, um, and, and stop throwing the barbs and the personal attacks because a lot of these kids are just learning to find their way in the world. If we want to engage them, we need to treat them like adults and not like, not, they don't have to put up with any of this. No one has to put up with the personal barbs. Mm. When we went to school, debating was all about arguing over a topic didn't have a personal attack on it at all. That's what these kids, I don't know if they're even learning debating at school anymore. You know, these kids need to be engaged on their level. So we need to talk to them on their level, not on our level. And, um, and, and that's what makes a good leader, I think. And what about the generation, say the 25 to 40s? You mix with a lot of people in your business, as I said. Uh, are you getting any feedback or vibe from that age group? Yeah, again, same thing. They're in that stage. The younger kids, as they come out of school, they're the, they're the, they're the kids that we need to uh, mould to run our future. Like the 25s to 40s, they're all worried about what their futures are doing. So they're looking at buying houses, having kids, um, looking for job stability and job security. That's what they're looking for. So you've got to try and uh, gel with what they're after, talk to what, what their needs and requirements are. But again, um, Politics seems to scare a lot of people. When you talk, the minute you mention election or council or politics, they seem to scare a lot of people. And, uh, you know, everyone's had a bad, a bad experience, I suppose, is the right thing with the Ipswich City Council, not just Ipswich, and I'll rephrase that. That's every council um, because it's not just Ipswich City Council. But let me tell you, the council is run by ratepayer money and taxpayer money. 
So they should be giving the residents the service. They don't own the joint. They don't own the business. They don't own it. They need to supply a service. So I think customer service is lacking out of, out of every council, not just Ipswich. Because, you know, everyone's talking about Ipswich, but, like, we're only talking about one part of a problem mm-hmm. in Ipswich City Council. The city has run quite admirably without councillors for the last 18 months. In, in saying that, I mean the bins have still been emptied, the potholes have still been fixed, that's still being done. The basics have still been operating. Um, but, yeah, I think every council, I think, honestly, I just think we need to change the way we treat one another. Dave, the council has had uh, major reforms in how it's running internally with an emphasis on interaction between councillors and staff. Have you had a chance to review any of that? Yeah, I have. And that was another a little reason why I decided to back out as well. Um, I think in a lot of ways, if you read those things to the letter of the law, um, policies, the new procedures, the way the new governance has all been put into place, I think a lot of what's happening now, the uh, unless you get a very high quality of candidate in there, councillor, their jobs are redundant in a lot of ways. I don't think that they can do very much. I might be reading it wrong, but uh, it'd be interesting to see how it happen, how how it works out over the next four years after March, and who gets in and who's who in the zoo, and um, who's got the idea. Because if they're talking about what they're talking about, and I've read the policies and the procedures correctly, then I would imagine that they're going for the board of directors, and that's not just um, someone that's been out of work that needs some serious strategic planning that needs someone that's able to look for the future. Um, and uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, but I, I just, uh, honestly, I think uh, I think it was a bit too much for me to try and do the councillor job and see how it all pans out. I think there's too much change in there and not enough flexibility for the councillors to do anything. Well, yes, that term board of directors to describe councillors, I've already had some feedback on that from prior councillors clearly stating that being a a director of a private company and a councillor, two totally different roles, you know, there will certainly be some argy-bargy in my view once the new councillors get in. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I just, like, if what they're after is a board of directors, then they're going the wrong way about it. That's my thought. Dave Cullen, thanks for your time and all the best with ProDrive. Thank you very much, mate, and good luck to all the candidates and let's hope they they have a good, good election a good outcome and let's hope for the city of Ipswich we get what we what we think we need. My second guest today is Walter Williams, a well-known voice to radio listeners in Ipswich and the region. He is also a resident of Ipswich. 30 years ago, he was the first to host the breakfast show on the new QFM, now known as River 949. He also hosted 4BC nights for 5 years. I began by posing the question that it made him a local for 30 years. Absolutely, mate. And uh, in the interests of uh, transparency, uh, Division 3. You're in Division 3. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> well, let's, let's keep on that theme and turn straight to the election. What are you hearing about uh, what has happened with the sacking of councillors and, and looking forward, which I think we have to do, uh, about the lineup of candidates that are currently before us? Mm, okay, well, first first issue on the agenda we've got to look at, and that, of course, is the sacking of 
the councillors and everything that's happened with our mayors. I think what it's left us with in Ipswich from the vibe I get talking to people locally is there's no confidence in council at the moment. And we've got to restore that. We've got to get the faith back as... uh, as George Michael would say. Yes, well, the tone is always set from the top. Now, apart from two incumbents that have put their names forward again, uh, none of the candidates are really known by name, let alone their policies and what they might stand for. How do you mm. think an unknown becomes known in just a few short weeks? Well, I, they've really got to market themselves. And, and if you're going to become a candidate in any election, you've got to outlay a certain amount of cash so that you can market yourself, whether it's it's the simple old sign system that you get put up in people's yards on a picket, uh, or whether you um, you push yourself a bit on social media, but you, you and 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 the various other medias, of course, uh, newspaper interviews, radio, TV, whatever you can get your hands on, because the important thing these days is to be front and centre and have a profile. Uh, and, of course, you've got to then manage that profile. For someone who's been in the media as long as I have, I know that you can work it one or two ways. And if it goes wrong, it can go horribly wrong. Look, I also think, Walt, that um, you've got to have some form of community involvement in the months and years leading up to now. Uh, any, Absolutely. Anyone starting from ground zero with no community involvement or no profile is going to find it very hard. Spot on. Alan, what we're looking at, there's a few candidates in this election who are fairly new to the electorate, and they're going to find it very difficult, whereas there are others I know who have been door-knocking and talking to uh, their area for for many years now and and getting the support, and I think that's important. I was talking to some people at the in the top of town um, only last year when there was the, uh, uh, normally we have the Halloween celebrations, and they took it upon themselves in that part of town to actually make it happen because, mm. let's face it, one of the things that Ipswich is missing at the moment is um, a, a sense of community with festivals, parades and those kind of things. And uh, and we need people who are on the ground and they're up and running already and they might have been for some time, not just sitting on their hands waiting for March to roll around. What do you think the issues that will help voters make up their mind uh, what's front and centre? Okay. Well, as, a, as I said at the very beginning, the outset, we've got to look at restoring confidence in this city. So um, I think we need some candidates with a some business sensibility about them, some people who uh, know how to run and own a business possibly. That could, that could be a positive um, because um, to restore confidence, confidence in Ipswich, we're going to need people who not only understand Ipswich and get it, but have a vision for how this place is going to grow. And and you know it. Um, They're talking about a doubling of our current 220,000 population by the 2030. That's massive. It is massive. Yep. And and people are going to have to be on top of the issues, on top Mm. of that growth. And it's, it's going to happen whether we like it or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's there. So what we need is we need candidates who can help with this revival of Ipswich because there's going to be some huge challenges, some huge opportunities too for any incoming council team. But they've got to be so careful because 
you know, all that new legislation has been brought in by the state government regarding declaration of expenses, gifts and donations, and understandably so after what's taken place in the past. Yes, indeed. Well, turning to engagement of young people, it's it's probably been an issue for decades, but it's I think it's becoming a major issue that can't be ignored. As I read the uh, the form guide for the list of candidates, I think there's two under 30 at the moment, but that's the exception. How do we get young people involved at the council level? And secondly, uh, how do we get the broader younger population to get interested in the election? So this is something that's been affecting media in general for a long time, let alone council, is trying to get the, uh, the vote, so to speak, of those under 30 because they're not using traditional media like 30 or 40-plus audiences have. So even in getting your message out there as a potential counsellor, um, are you going to be heard if you're using traditional mediums like uh, radio or TV? Because chances are they're probably listening to podcasts like this rather than listening to traditional media. Yes, it certainly fragments the audience uh, more than more than we've ever seen in history. And, mm. uh, and just just trying to get young people excited, I, I think, is, is one of the well, major that, challenges. That's a key, isn't it? You've hit the nail on the head, the word excited, because what's there to excite them at the moment, really? I mean, you, you look at what's been happening with the Ipswich Mall development. It's hardly excitement city there. Years of embarrassment. Um, they've had multiple developers come and go over time because of changes in council. So, you know, we need uh, we need councillors who can help attract more businesses to the city. And I'm not just talking about government-funded departments moving here. I'm talking about real business opportunities. And 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 there's some young entrepreneurial people too who are into startup companies who opportunities for themselves so it's which could be a real growth for them and I mean they call it the switch don't they that's the, the nickname well any other issues that that you're hearing when you're out and about uh, in the city that you, you think <laughs> candidates should concern themselves with I think um, we've got to look at um, security and safety as an issue in the city now um, we've got to have candidates who are prepared to back uh, local law enforcement, etc. We've also got to look at uh, the decentralisation of the CBD itself, what's happening there. The um, the central post office is closing. We have like zero opening banks in the central business district anymore of Ipswich. And after all, Springfield is not the centre of Ipswich City. It's part of it. It's a growing part of it. And we embrace and we love it. But Ipswich's CBD itself has been slowly dying without a council for the last few years, so I think that needs a real kick in the backside. Yeah, look, it's, it's an issue affecting so many traditional CBDs. Only this week, uh, Cleveland Town Centre has been the focus of attention with all the for sale mm. and for lease signs, so uh, we're certainly not on our on our Pat Malone with, uh, with oh, Ipswich no, CBD. No. But it's, it is great to see a turning point and the new administration building coming out the ground, the new library, and and the mall looks looks uh, the best it's looked it's for ages. Better. We've talked about some negatives, but I'm very positive about the city too. I mean, I believe in it. I've, my children grew up here; they were educated here. Um, so, and I want to see it carry on. But we haven't seen any 
positive development for so long. I think that's what we're all crying out for. We want to see this city grow some more uh, in a good way um, and improved infrastructure even, especially with that number I talked about earlier. That we're going to have a lot of people in Ipswich in the coming years. So these are things we've got to look at and uh, and we need the right people in place. And even so, once they're there, it could take up to 12 months before these uh, new elected reps, um, you know, really get a chance to uh, spin their wheels and get some traction. Well, they'll certainly take some time to find their feet, but, you know, three to six months, they'll they'll have a handle on how things are basically functioning and how they can make things happen. Yeah, and, and once we've got them in place, I think um, with our, from our mayor down, and it, it, it starts from the head, like anything, um, we've got to make this city um, something they can believe in and and have faith in, um, and and be excited about the future of it. And on that note, Walt, we should all be excited for the future of uh, for of Ipswich. So uh, thank you so much as a long term resident for uh, sharing your thoughts with us today. My pleasure. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for the chat. Ipswich Election Watch. In the next episode, I hope to speak with a senior resident and another local business leader. Music on this podcast is courtesy of Purple Planet Music. You can follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. This is Alan Roback. Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.